Hey, welcome to Locked On Bruins. I'm your host, Brian Fenley. This is your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brian Fenley. You can also show some love on Twitter as to giving our show a follow. That is Locked On Bruins. Probably could have guessed that. And if you want to send me an email, do so at LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. Fire away a critique. Tell me how wrong I am about a point that I argued about or maybe a compliment. Yeah, that would be cool too. Or just want to chat UCLA Athletics, fire away. I am here for you. And I am a co-host on the Bruin Insider Show, which is powered by Learfield IMG College. Airs Tuesday nights on the radio in Los Angeles, but it's also podcasted. And I do that alongside Nick Cope and former Bruin quarterback Wayne Cook, where we spend an hour every Tuesday producing all sorts of content. Right now, obviously, centered around UCLA football, but we also will discuss other sporting teams on the Bruins. All right, so before we get into all the content that I have scheduled for you on this podcast, you don't have to be a sports fan to hear the cliche, you know, the best way to live life is to live in the present moment. You know, whether you're taking a yoga class or you hear a coach in a post-game interview say something like, you know, we're just trying to take it one game at a time. There is this this drive for society to, to rid themselves of the pain around them to live in the present moment. Like, that is the key to living a healthy life. Now, we're going to deviate away from that, but I'm not saying that this show is not healthy for you because I believe it is. I think it's nourishment for your brain. But we're not going to meditate about the present moment on this show. We're going to ruminate about the past and the future. And maybe that's not exactly what's written in every self-help book out there these days, but I think that's important as we educate you and inform you and entertain you on UCLA football. So what I mean by that is we're going to look in the past, peel back some tidbits from the Bruins' loss last week to Cincinnati and react to some of the Bruin players and what they had to say in the postgame. And then, yes, we're going to go forward-thinking and begin to unravel the Bruins' next opponent, next opponent, which is San Diego State. And particularly because we have a whole week to look at the Aztecs, for the basis of this show and this episode, we're going to look at how they fared against Weber State over last weekend, and then we will wrap up the show by storytelling, and I want to tell you about one former Bruin who used an off-field tragedy to fuel his NFL hopes and ultimately make them a reality. So as you can tell, we've got so many different ways and different avenues to take you and to lead you on in this show, but first I want to for a couple minutes, hit the rewind button and look at UCLA's game last weekend, or shall I say last Thursday, when the Bruins were on the road against Cincinnati and they fell to the Bearcats 24-14. Three different players for UCLA spoke to the media afterwards, including Josh Woods, and you know his story was unheralded as far as all the, the hot-button topics leading into that game, but it, it's certainly one that needs 
to be highlighted because this was a guy who, against Cincinnati, that was his first game he had played in over 600 days. This guy had weathered through multiple injuries and had extensive, laborious recovery, working with all sorts of different specialists to get back into game shape. So you think about how cool that was. So Josh, after the game, he said, look, I couldn't help but smile out there, even at times when we were losing, because in his words, I was back and I had been away from the game for about two years. I hadn't played a game in almost that long. You know, he made it extra apparent that he would never, ever take playing football as something for granted. And, you know, he, he had an optimistic outlook on the game just because it was his first time back in so long. And obviously, the ending wasn't so bright for the Bruins, but his message to the players afterwards was just, you know, keeping their heads up. You know, he, he notices that some guys were getting tough on themselves and, and just continued to reiterate to the players after the game that just, you got to keep fighting. And Josh Woods is someone who's battled back from some very debilitating injuries where he questioned whether or not he would ever play again. And he is a fifth-year senior and obviously has a, a, a tremendous leadership role on this team. He also said that Chip Kelly spoke to the team after the game, of course, and his message in sort of summary was that he told the guys just to keep the heads up and you can't dwell on this game, which is just one game. And I'm not ready to hit the panic button. I just am not. And I know a lot of you out there who are big Bruin fans are disconcerted by how the team played. And sure, the team themselves, they are obviously frustrated, but I'm a little bit cautious to write off the season, obviously, because it's one game. Let's see how they adjust this coming Saturday against San Diego State, and we will talk more about the Aztecs a little bit later in the program. Also, Demetric Felton spoke to reporters after the Cincinnati loss, and this guy got the start at running back. He said that, you know, Coming into that game, he had no clue he was going to get as many carries as he would. He got over 20 carries in this game, and the guy had not started at running back since high school. Jim Morrow, who recruited him you know, in the past, had talked about Demetric Felton not being one who has the body type to be in every down back, and Chip Kelly obviously sees a different skill set out of Felton because this guy was the bell cow running back because Joshua Kelly did not play and he continues to recover from an injury. And we'll discuss a little bit more about the presence of injuries and how that affected the Bruins' performance against Cincinnati last week. Uh, Felton went on to say he is super stoked for Joshua Kelly to be back so he can, quote, tag team together with Joshua and dominate in the running game. And we've heard several different mottos being uh, passed around the team, acronyms. And the latest one we've heard is, is WIN, W-I-N, and it stands for What's Important Now. 
So uh, the premise behind this is, is is Felton kind of describing this, and he said, look, we've got to move on to the next play. If we botch a play, so what do we do now? So it's it's moving forward right away and not doting on the past, which in the football literal sense is good, but for the sake of digesting this game and talking Bruin football, we're kind of against and don't exactly follow the what's important now rule because obviously we're spanning back in the past. We're going to look into the future and we're not spending too much time in the present in between games. Finally, Dorian Thompson-Robinson spoke to reporters and, you know, he had four turnovers and he discussed the frustration he saw from the guys in the locker room after the game and he said he cared so much about these guys and, and all he can do is, is improve and get better and rally around the team as they get ready for San Diego State. And as I kind of close out this first segment, Again, you can look at it as an excuse if you want, or you can just say, well, that's just how it was, and the team should have won anyway. But there's no denying the massive amount of injuries that the Bruins were faced in that game where you didn't have Darnay Holmes and, and Theo Howard and Joshua Kelly and Alec Anderson on the offensive line or Michael Alves or Kaz Allen, all of these guys who were coming into fall camp and into this season supposed to play instrumental roles on the team, you just can't overlook their absence and say, oh, well, they still should have won. Well, yeah, maybe. But you have to kind of temper your expectations because of those injuries that came in. And hopefully we'll know more about those injuries and the likelihood of some of those guys playing as we get closer to the San Diego State game and we hear more from Coach Kelly and the players throughout practice this week. All right, coming up, we will discuss the Bruins' next opponent, San Diego State, and how they fared against particularly Weber State over the weekend. But first, No House Advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports. Instead of salary cap drafting, No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests. This platform levels the playing field so you have a higher likelihood of winning than when playing traditional fantasy sports contests. It can, the contests can range from 5 to 10 player props. For example, will Alabama quarterback throw more than two touchdowns? You simply select over or under for each prop, rank each pick based on your confidence of it being correct, and then you'll earn points on correct picks and compete against other players for cash prizes. And I'm telling you, it's a lot of fun, and you can actually win. You can have contests, whether it's college football, the NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, PGA, NASCAR. Simply all you got to do is download the No House Advantage Now from the App Store. Tons of apps already on your phone, so just go right back to the App Store where you're obviously accustomed to being and use the code Locked On to receive two free tokens. When you purchase two tokens, it's a $10 value. So that code Locked On, enter that to receive two free tokens when you purchase two. Obviously, certain state limitations may affect your ability to participate in paid contests, but for all the fun, 
Check out No House Advantage offers by going to the App Store. Want to welcome you back to Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley, your host, joining you here as we take on segment two, where we are going to begin to unpack the Bruins' next opponent, San Diego State. They will be coming to the Rose Bowl on Saturday for the Bruins' home opener. And the Aztecs had a 6 nothing win against Weber State over the weekend, so an unceremonious victory, if you may. Their head coach, Rocky Long, obviously speaks what's on his mind and does not sugarcoat things. He called that performance as ugly as an offensive outing as he's ever been around in a long time. Wow. So here's what the Bruins are up against. They're up against the San Diego State offense that sputtered, that had, uh, frankly, just a diabolical performance. They just, it, it was a barf job out there. And part of the reason this is to blame for the Aztecs is they have installed a new offense. They switched to a spread offense this year. They began to put that in come spring ball, and it's obviously still very new and fresh on the minds of these players. Taking a look at some of the stats from that game against Weber State and just a, a 6 nothing. I feel like I'm watching a game from the 1850s, and maybe some of you who are listening to the show remember what it was like back in the 1850s from personal experience. But the Aztecs in this game, passing attempts averaging 3.6 yards, they were 5 of 20 on first downs. And they had 5 of 14 drives that got into Weber State territory. So this was just a awful, not-so-pretty look offensively. And, and, and to make matters worse, early in the game, their quarterback, Ryan Agnew, is in the shotgun. And the snap was not right on target and Agnew can't muster up the football and he gets dropped for a seven yard sack so it's been a disjointed dysfunctional offense so far however even though the offense was a disaster and there were 19 punts in that game against Weber State which by the way Weber State is not even FBS they are FCS now they are a nationally ranked FCS team, but for a Mountain West program like San Diego State, who has had back-to-back-to-back-to-back winning seasons, to, to cough up only six points is quite embarrassing. I will say that is very embarrassing, and Rocky Long certainly pointed that out in the postgame press conference. But as ill as we can speak of the Aztecs' offense, their defense is really something special, and particularly what they were able to display in this game against Weber State. Weber State, in the whole game, had only one play inside San Diego State territory. One play, that was it. They could not get across the 50-yard line. And... Someone who had some big-time plays down the stretch was their junior safety, 
Tariq Thompson. He actually picked off a pass with about three minutes left, and then he had a decisive pass breakup on a fourth down late as the Weber State Wildcats were trying to push the offense forward. Rocky Long, though, hailing the defense and certainly Thompson, but said that you know his team has a, a tiny defensive line and called the O-line against UCLA will be much more lethal and more destructive than the one they went up against with Weber State. Their quarterback, I must add, Ryan Agnew, is someone you're going to see in this game on Saturday. He is quite the scrambler. And long, detailed Agnew's skill set after the game against the Wildcats. And he said half the time you wonder what the heck he's doing out there because he's scrambling and improvising and nobody knows where he's going. He did point out long that, you know, Agnew just passed for about 100 yards in the game. That was it. And he blamed that on his receivers who couldn't seem to get open or that Ryan Agnew couldn't find them. Rocky Long, one of the straight shooters in college football, usually will hear coaches tiptoe around and not call out players or say it so bluntly. So it's sort of refreshing to hear a Rocky Long who who says exactly what's on his mind and tells you why something didn't work. So-and-so didn't do the job or this didn't work because that person didn't pick up the slack. And I, I find that very entertaining and, as I said, refreshing. All right, so coming up, we will finish off the segment by discussing one former Bruin who is making a name for himself in the NFL after being overlooked coming out of college. But first, the no-house advantage is taking an exciting new spin on daily fantasy sports. Instead of salary cap drafting, no-house advantage offers daily player prop contests. Download no-house advantage now from the App Store and use the code LOCKEDON to receive two free tokens when you purchase two tokens at a $10 value. That's the code LOCKEDON to receive two free tokens when you purchase two. And you know, as we begin to dive further into college football and the NFL, and there are so many games, and you know, you want to watch your team in person, there are so many different outlets to get tickets, and one I would highly suggest is Vivid Seats. It's an online event ticket marketplace where you can watch your favorite teams or artists perform in person, all by earning credit back on all purchases through the Vivid Seats app and their rewards loyalty program. First, you got to do is just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats rewards loyalty program. They will enjoy credits on all their purchases as part of Vivid Seats rewards. All confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee, but this is a great opportunity to stake out tickets to watch your favorite team or your favorite artist while also getting some credit back and that leading to some advantages for you in the future. If you enter the promo code KICKOFF100 at checkoff, you will receive a discount of up to $100. So whenever you're in the hunt for some football tickets or any team that you follow and you want to get there in person, go to Vivid Seats by downloading their app and checking all they have to offer. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Bruins. Brian Fenley with you as we roll on here into the third segment of the show. 
You might remember Andre James, Bruin fans. He was a former offensive lineman for UCLA. And many thought he entered his name into the NFL draft prematurely after his junior season. He was not drafted, but then got on with the Raiders as an undrafted free agent, and he was trying to make the team. It has just been learned that he was one of four undrafted free agents to make the Oakland Raiders regular season roster. Just an incredible feat. Andre, after getting the news, said, quote, blessed for the opportunity. They said I'd never see. Hashtag undrafted. Hashtag for pops. And hashtag Raider Nation. You heard him say for pops. You want to know how he made it. You want to know how he overcame the odds. It starts with his father. See, this has been a very whirlwind last 11 months for Andre James. His father, Marcus, passed away back on October 15th from cancer. And James was an offensive lineman for UCLA at the time. Five days after his father's death, Andre played in the game against Arizona. He played in the game five days after his father passed away from cancer. See, when I lost my dad to cancer when I was a teenager, I couldn't even fathom thinking anything sports-related, let alone function as a human being within five days afterwards. I was a mess. And I continue to deal with that. But in Andre's case, when he was asked, why? Like, why did you jump so quickly back onto the football field? Andre said, look, it's it's my dad. He said, to always look at things in a positive way. He said, I went out there and played because I wanted to do it for him. Because he knows that he wanted me to do it. He said it was all for him. And he wanted to show his family and go out there and put it all on the line for his father. You know, when you get a chance to interview athletes, especially ones that take their games to extraordinary heights, whether they're professionals or outstanding college players, you never really know the backstory for how they they garner their motivation for making it. You know, you'll get all sorts of just unique answers, very inspirational material. And it's very clear that the drive behind Andre's football pursuits is his father. He says, I dedicate everything to him because he made me what I am today with all the training and the stuff he self-put me in. He even said when he was interviewed during the Raiders preseason, he said he's dedicated this whole preseason to his father. And he says he thinks about him every time he goes out there and plays. James's father was diagnosed with testicular cancer in August of 2017. He passed away August 15th of 2018. And James obviously would make his father immensely proud by making this regular season roster for the Raiders. Now, as we look at James's role with the Raiders, so James was more of a tackle at UCLA. Well, what they're doing with him in Oakland is they are shifting him towards playing a center 
And that is something that James has said he's never had to do since like third grade. And he said it was a little bit shaky getting that role down as a center, but it's it certainly come a long way. Raiders general manager Mike Mayock said, Andre James, I tell you, has done a great job. He was a left tackle at UCLA and not a, in the words of Mike Mayock, a highly, not a highly rated left tackle. But we projected him as an inside interior offensive lineman and has flourished under offensive line coach Tom Capel. And even Colton Miller, you remember Colton Miller, another offensive lineman for UCLA who was a first-round pick of the Raiders? He said, you know, I've seen, in his words, I have seen Andre deal with his father's passing. He said he, Andre has always been a level-headed guy. He always seemed to find a way to stay positive and to show that on the field and used his father's tragedy as something to push him to make him proud and reach his dreams. And I will finish off by saying that even John Gruden referred to James as, quote, one of the best stories in Raiders training camp. James summing up the role of his father in his life. He said, every time I step in there on the field or I go in a game, I think about the lessons he taught me in my life. I know he's out there looking at me, and I hope He's proud of me. Andre, your father is more than proud of you. I don't, I don't even think there's a word that would adequately describe what feelings he has for you to see how you've reached the pinnacle of the sport by keeping you know, his father's legacy so close to his heart. You don't have to be a UCLA fan to be touched by this story. And I hope we can all draw some sort of inspiration from Andre James and realize that sometimes the ones we love the most, if we hold on to them so tight, they can allow us to dig and dig for that inner strength that can allow us to accomplish incredible feats. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. Tomorrow, we will get a little bit more detailed with what to expect with San Diego State coming to town on Saturday.